Hmm. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid versus Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Or maybe Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton. Is that the matchup we're looking forward to in this afternoon's matchup? Well, I have something special for you guys. I have Hernan Sauls of Locked On Oilers. He has joined the show for a crossover as we're going to dissect this pregame episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils. Your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're locked on Devil, Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty, now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast from the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And it is game day for the New Jersey Devils. They will be taking on the Edmonton Oilers in their 32nd game of the regular season. And thank goodness this game will be played at the Prudential Center. Had we been traveling to Canada to play the Oilers, I'm pretty sure this game would have been postponed because Canada is very strict on their COVID procedures. But nonetheless, knock on wood, we are going to have another game. And let's hope that we can just go back on a little bit of a win streak. We won our last game against the Buffalo Sabres. That snapped our six-game losing streak. I talked about uh, our last game appearance uh, in the very last episode, so give that a listen if you haven't done so already. But uh, the main takeaway from that episode was that I was satisfied that the New Jersey Devils got the win. Wasn't the cleanest of wins, but we got the job done. Take the win and run with it, and hopefully we can use that momentum just to build going forward because our schedule, in my opinion, is going to be very difficult these next two games because we got the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, some of you might say, hey, you know what? The Oilers aren't really that good of a team. They're fourth in the Pacific Division. They were on a six-game losing streak at some point during December, and all that is true and all, but here's uh, two factors that you need to consider for the Edmonton Oilers. One is Connor McDavid. The other is Leon Dreisaitl. So, Those are the two considerations that you need to take when we're playing against the Oilers because if we let one of them go off, then we have no chance of a victory. So I get that the Oilers have been up and down, but if the season were to end, they would be in the playoffs. So I'm sure they're okay with where they're at right now. Obviously, uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, but... Uh, after the Oilers, we got to play the Capitals. Then we got to play the Bruins. We got to play the Blue Jackets uh, twice, actually, January 6th and then January 8th. And then we got to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, before we play a quote-unquote easy team, it won't happen until January 13th when we play the New York Islanders. So for the next uh, couple weeks, we're definitely going to have our work cut out for us. And yes, that includes the Edmonton Oilers because if we go to sleep, then guess who's going to wake us up? McDavid and Dreisaitl. I don't care uh, what the rest of the roster is. If we lose our focus, for even a second against one of those players, then it's going to be a long afternoon against the Edmonton Oilers. So hopefully we can come out with the win. Hopefully we can clean up what we did against the Buffalo Sabres. Like I said, that was a perfect game just just to get our feet wet. But uh, now's the time where you kind of have to step it up and kick it into a new gear because, like I said, we got to go against McDavid. We got to go against Dreisaitl. I don't care uh, how the Edmonton Oilers have done the rest of the way. I'm only focusing on what they could potentially do against the New Jersey Devils. So, Uh, Actually joining me on today's show is Hernan. He is the host 
of Locked On Oilers, and he also works for TSN, so he's going to provide some insight as to what we can expect from this Edmonton Oilers squad. I'm also going to provide my insight from the New Jersey Devils perspective, just because like uh, both of us are kind of hesitant in terms of what our teams can bring for this matchup. So he's confident in the Devils, but not confident in the Oilers. I'm confident in the Oilers, but not confident in the Devils. So it's definitely a very interesting crossover, and we're basically just going to nitpick each other and just say, well, here's how your team could potentially beat my team. So it's a very, it's a very interesting crossover but at the end of the day like you know we're, we're not Debbie Downers we're not trying to be pessimistic but I'd say we're very realistic when it comes to expectations for both of our respective teams so this is definitely going to be an interesting crossover and I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say so before puck drop at 1 p.m eastern time let me know what you guys think going into this matchup against the Edmonton Oilers and obviously when the game is over look back onto this episode and basically compare and contrast what did we get right what did we get wrong I think the New Jersey Devils uh, coming into this game they're going to need a whole lot of energy. Not only that, but if they're serious about getting to the playoffs, then they need to start growing their playoff beards right now because a lot of them have baby faces. Speaking of beards, do you have a beard? You should get primal. You heard me right. Got a beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet, Primal Origin Oils makes bombs, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feeling beard products available. All products are fair and trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. So here's the thing. I have a beard. It's happy. It's healthy. I, I'm very confident in myself when I go on air, when I'm in front of the camera, because I use Primal Origin Oils, and my beard is happy, it is healthy, and it doesn't itch, and I'm growing out my playoff beard currently. More, maybe I'll keep it close. But either way, any beard will thank you. So... Yes, we are well aware that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and their feel-in beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see the difference. Remember the code Locked On gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Again, the code is Locked On at checkout for 20% off, and I bet you will enjoy it. Speaking of bets, I think it's time for you guys to go to BetOnline.ag because it has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football continues to march its way through the college bowls season and pro football playoffs go blue by the way bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to our website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers bet online where the game starts please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, it's time to talk to Hernan Sauls of Locked On Oilers, and we're going to break down this pregame matchup between the New Jersey Devils and the Edmonton Oilers, so take it away. Okay, it's time for a pregame crossover with Locked On Devils and Locked On Oilers. Please welcome Hernan Sauls to the show. Hernan, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. Happy belated Christmas to you and yours as well. Um, I'm doing pretty well. The Devils uh, finally snapped their six-game losing skid. However, we're about to uh, play a tough part in our schedule because we got you guys, then we got the Capitals, then we got the Bruins. So, um, yeah, uh, a few teams that could potentially give us some troubles, even though 
you know, uh, before we start recording, you said that the Oilers are actually kind of struggling right now. But at the same time, if the season were to end right now, you guys be in the wild card position. So that kind of leads to, I guess, the first uh, talking point, which is where are our teams at currently before uh, puck drop for tonight's matchup? So um, how would you say the Oilers are right now? Yeah, you know what's been a rough December. They only have two wins. They uh, they also had a six game losing streak uh, in December that uh, they snapped uh, versus Columbus before Christmas. Yesterday they returned to action. Another lackluster effort by the Oilers. Uh, they lost to St. Louis by a score of four to two. It was a return of Mike Smith, and they were missing Jesse Puliyarvi and Darnell Nurse due to COVID protocol. They have joined the team in New Jersey, so they're they're they will be good to go for tomorrow, which is good news for Edmonton, but. To be honest, Trey, Edmonton is outside of that hot start uh, where Sam go 9-10-1. Um, a lot of the issues were kind of covered up by their power play and their special teams and Conor David and Leon Dreisaitl. But since November, this team has kind of kind of the same team we've seen here for many years, which is kind of hit and miss on every night, uh, on almost every given night. You never know what you're going to get. I'll say this, though. You score the first goal on Edmonton, there's a good chance you're going to win. Edmonton has given up... Uh, the first goal so far this season, 20 times. And Trey, since November 1st, they've given up the first goal 17 out of 23 times. So this team continually plays from behind. Um, they don't get a lot secondary scoring. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, it's brilliant to have as they've been in December. They're not scoring nearly close to what they're what we're used to. So if those two big guys ain't going, you're not getting a lot from the Edmonton Oilers. Their decor is not, is it's just okay. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's just okay. Uh, the GM took some chances on some older guys that are not working out. And goaltending remains an issue in Edmonton. So uh, I know New Jersey is a, a team that's out, outside of the playoffs, but the Oilers tend to lose a lot of these games against teams lower than them in the standings. So this is not even close to a, a, a confident group in Edmonton heading into New Jersey. Oh, man. Uh, I you want to be besties, uh, Hernan, because you just sure. basically described the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> like uh, d- during the month of December, we were on a six game losing streak prior to the uh, COVID break. Um, and it, it just seemed hopeless at first. And I just said this extended Christmas break was a blessing in disguise for the Devils because they just needed to reset mentally. Because yeah. at, at that point, I just felt like it was in their heads. They were just going through the motions. They were putting no effort onto the rink. They weren't skating really well. They had guys in and out of the COVID protocol. So we missed uh, three key guys. We missed Nico Heizer, our captain. We missed Ryan Graves. He puts up great production for uh, the New Jersey Devils uh, franchise, even though Dougie Hamilton is the runaway defensive star for this organization. But I just want to say, like, to give you an example, uh, in, in, ye- in yesterday's matchup against the Buffalo Sabres, Ryan Graves had what he had like uh, six blocks and the devils had 13 blocks total. So yeah, the fact that uh, Ryan Graves had almost half of uh, our block totals tells you just his overall impact led the nation in plus minus just a few years ago. So Ryan Graves was definitely a great uh, steal for the devil's program. And I expect for him to um, sign an extension. If all goes well, once uh, his contract is up, not this year, not next year, but uh, the following year after next. So uh, hopefully we, we can get that done, but that's down the line. And we were also missing PK Subban, which, you know, PK Subban at this point of his, of his career, he's on the, back end of it um it's pretty much a coin flip as to whether you're good what you're going to get out of him he's improved statistically this year and he's on pace to have his best season ever with the devils but 
you know, his best with the Devils isn't really up to par with some of the decent defensemen in the league. But at the same time, we'll take any production we can potentially get out of him just because, like, I'd much rather have a former Norris Trophy winner on our bottom four defense than to have some rookie brought up to make, you know, like as we call rookie mistakes because Ty Smith has been disastrous this season. And it's a far cry to what he did in his rookie year. Um, where, where else do I begin? We off, we got off to a pretty decent start. We had a big game against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks on our first game of the year, able to get the game winning OT goal was Jack Hughes. Uh, he did the famous, uh, throw his, um, his stick into the stands. And that, uh, was on ESPN for a few days, but overall it's, or in, in your case, since you're in Canada, TSN, but, um, overall it's just like, we lost Jack Hughes after the second game of the year. Yeah because he broke his collarbone uh, after he got into a tie-in with Lawson uh, of the Seattle Kraken. But here's an interesting fact for you. So for 2019-2020 season, uh, in 24 games, Jack Hughes had 11 points. Then last season, he had 11 points in 38 games. And then right now, he has 11 points in 14 games. And this is coming off of a broken collarbone. And, and, you know, I I was talking so much this year about Jack Hughes just trying to get his foot back underneath him or, excuse me, his feeding underneath him just because, like, um, you know, after he recovered from his injury, he had to um, basically just crawl before he walked. And sometimes his line didn't look good. Sometimes um, he wasn't really good in the face off. And sometimes it was just very iffy. But uh, in, in our last game against the Buffalo Sabres, he and his line, man, they, they, all three of them were the stars of the game. So it was him. Jesper Brat and then uh, Igor Sharangovich. All three of them had scored at one point. Jack Hughes and uh, Brat both had a three-point outing. Um, so overall, I, I think coming into this game, that's the line. If you're watching uh, the game tonight, uh, Hernan, when this episode goes live, um, uh, look after uh, Jack Hughes and his line because I would expect Lindy Ruff, our head coach, to run with that same line. But overall, this season for the Devils, it's definitely been disappointing. But similar to you guys, we're, we're – down but we're not out but then again you guys if, if the season were to end you guys are in the wild card so at, at least you at least you got something whereas we're on the outside looking in you're you're like a fringe playoff team right now so one more bad run and you're going to be in our position but if we can find a good run right now then we'll be uh we'll be perfectly fine and now i actually want to ask you this because i've mentioned it on my show before uh connor mcdavid probably the best NHL player currently on the face of this planet, Mm -hmm. Uh, probably the best hockey player currently right now, period. And then Leon Dreisaitl, um, best duo in the league, would you say? I mean, if you're going strictly on points, I think you'd have to say so. Uh, They they play a lot together, but they also don't. Like, they always start on separate lines for the most part. But again, the Oilers are always chasing the game. So Dave Tippett, the only the only movie adds is to put them back together to try to find a goal or the tying goal or whatever it is. So I would say they are. I mean, they're uh, Leon Dreisaitl. I think when he was drafted here, we all knew he was going to be good. We didn't think he'd be this good. Like this guy can run his own line. He can play center. He can play um, on the wing and he's, he's just dynamite on the power play. He can score from any angle and he's probably got the best backhand passing uh, passes in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, I would say that obviously a little biased because we get to see him every night here in Edmonton, but uh, they're very good together. The problem is they need guys around them to to start producing as well, because they can't just be always these two guys. And as we're seeing in this month of December, Trey, 
when those guys go cold, there's really no one else picking up the slack. So, um, I mean, for me, it's 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 Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, but there's other good duels. Like, you can't ignore the uh, the trio, I guess, in Boston. You can't ignore the duo there in Colorado. Um, a lot of good duels around the NHL. But I think if you ask most people, um, and you took the bias out of it, I think most would say right now, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Would you say that Drysettle is just like in the shadow of uh, Connor McDavid? Like, w- like you said, Drysettle was just you know better than what we anticipated for him to be. But at the same time, unfortunately, it's just like you know w- with what Connor McDavid is doing, not just this year but last year, and uh, also just a few years prior. It's just like it, like Drysettle is putting up great numbers, but he can never be given enough credit, nor is he going to be given. Uh, you know, the accolades just because of Connor McDavid. So for, for people who, uh, you know, are high on Connor McDavid and, and rightfully so, w- what can you tell us more about Dreisaitl and what he brings to the table specifically? Well, I'll say this. He leads the Oilers in goals. He's him and McDavid both have 50 points. So I, I don't think he's in the shadow. I think he's just, he's a different player uh, than Connor McDavid. He uses his body a lot. He's a lot slower, but He's got um he's really good against the boards. He shields the puck really well. He has a wicked shot. I mentioned his passing already. So they're different players. I think he's almost he's better at faceoffs than McDavid. Like he's always out there for an important penalty kill to win the faceoff or an important draw lay in the game. Drysidle's taking those. It's not McDavid. So Drysidle just adds uh, has a little bit more, I think, and he also kills penalties, which McDavid doesn't, right? So He's a well-rounded player, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Again, he's just not that deke five guys out and deke out the goalie and score like Conor McDavid's done a few times this season. Um, he gets it done a different way, but he's just as effective. And, and like I said, he, he's he got more goals. Um, McDavid's got more assists. But Leon Dreisaitl, I think uh, when he's on his own line or with McDavid, he's just as good. So um, McDavid has something that we've never seen in this game. Like what he does at his speed is is new. So, I mean, no one's ever going to be able to match that. Well, I shouldn't say ever, but it's not in the league right now. So, Conor McDavid has just got that that speed and that stick handling and, and just out of the world, out of this world talent. So, they're a little bit different, but in many aspects, <laughs> uh, they produce at the same at the same pace. So, uh, I, I think Leon is kind of his own guy here. They're really good friends. They support each other. So, the, it's maybe a healthy competition in, in uh, behind the, the closed doors there. Um, but these guys get along greatly. And then there, there's really no, you know, I need to get out of McDavid's shadow. There, I don't think there's ever been talk of that here in Edmonton. Hmm. Interesting. It was just something I, I had in mind just because I hear a lot about what Connor McDavid does and uh, rightfully so, because he had like, if you gave him an 82 game season, who knows what he could have potentially done. It, yeah. it, like if he was given a full fledged season, because he scored what, like over a hundred points in just 56 games, less than 60 games. Like, like it's such a shame that the season was capped off at 56 games. Just imagine if you gave him those extra games and they played a full 82 game season, who knows what his numbers would have been like. So um, when I, when I think of McDavid and Dreisaitl, I I think of sort of like uh, Tom Brady and Gronkowski, just because you could talk about Tom Brady and Gronkowski, but you rarely talk about Gronkowski alone. You talk more about Tom Brady alone. Or if we're going to use an NBA example, you think of like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Um, but, you know, you talk more about Steph Curry alone compared to Clay Thompson just because, you know, Clay Thompson is sort of the running mate of Steph Curry. Gronk is the running mate of Tom Brady, you know, 
something like that. And I thought it was sort of like the same situation for McDavid and Dreisaitl. And hopefully they can get out of the first round because I think you guys, um, you, you guys definitely deserve uh, a shot to like possibly uh, be contenders once again, because it's been a while since Edmonton has won a Stanley cup, but it, it's just like, you, you guys kind of remind me of the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim in, in, in the NHL. Cause like uh, the, the, the angels in the MLB, it's just like, they have Mike Trout, they have Shohei Otani two like once in a generation type talent, but yet somehow they can't, they can't seem to win. So that's sort of what I think about. And I, I just think about the the duo of McDavid and Drysaddle. I just think it needs more attention. And with ESPN returning to uh, the NHL, once again, hopefully McDavid and Drysaddle finally get that podium. They so deserve just based on their efforts. W- wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's here in Edmonton, it's getting to the point where they have to win now and uh, there's no more excuses and them being uh, in a wild card spot. It's not, I mean, it's not that fans are okay. They're not okay with it. This team has to be better. Kenny Holland went out, spent a ton of money on, on, and, and listen, he hit some, uh, Hyman's been a great addition, but he's missed on a lot and the Oilers now have no money and they have no assets and they don't have a lot of picks. So I don't know what they're going to do. This team needs to find a way to get better here quickly into the new year. And they have to be a playoff team and they have to win around or else I, I think Dave Tippett will be gone. Um, he'll get fired in the off season because enough is enough. You keep wasting years of Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Kenny Holland. Yeah. He, he spent money on some guys that he shouldn't have Duncan Keith. It comes to mind. Uh, there's a couple other players that, that he went out and paid a lot for that are just mediocre players. So it's, it's coming uh, to light now because the team's not playing well. They haven't played well uh, since probably mid November. So this team is there for the taking. Again, I, I told you, Trey, New Jersey gets one or two, uh, the first or the second one, uh, and the second one here, they're, they're probably going to win this game because the Oilers um, are prone to giving up the first goal and are prone to chasing the game, and, and lately they haven't been able to come back. So it's going to be important for Edmonton to get that first goal. On the flip side, when I look at the Devils uh, roster, I mean, everybody knows Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, uh, the Pavel Zakas of the world. Um, but yeah, if of I course, you know, ask... Pavel Zaka because he was drafted the same uh, same draft <laughs> class as Connor McDavid. And unfortunately, yeah. he's been unable to live up to McDavid <laughs> or Marner or yeah. um, who, who else? Eichel. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but if uh, for Edmonton fans, uh, this is a team we don't see a lot of here and we haven't seen him in a long time due to the pandemic. But uh, what are some of the names up front that uh, we should keep an eye on that maybe we don't know here in Edmonton? Okay, so keep an eye out. Um, I usually do this on my show. I talk about players that you should keep an eye out for. Keep an eye out for Dawson Mercer. He's a rookie this year. He made the team, uh, I guess people were anticipating for Alexander Holtz to make the team, but uh, what what uh, Dawson Mercer was doing um, during the course of training camp, what he was doing in those scrimmages, he was making moves that you you just cannot teach. You, you either got it in you or you yeah. don't. And unfortunately, Dawson Mercer has gone a little bit quiet. He did make some noise in, uh, in a recent game against the Detroit Red Wings. And I said he had to because, you know, you're going against Lucas Raymond. You're going against Mo Sider, your um, competition in the Calder Memorial Trophy race. But um, I keep an eye out for Dawson Mercer. Like I said, he's a rookie, so barely anyone has seen him. But uh, I, I just want him to make some noise and just get that uh, – name back onto the map because right now in my opinion the calder memorial trophy race were to end right now obviously we go to lucas raymond then mo cider trevor zegras and dawson mercer will finish anywhere from fourth to sixth position give or take so 
unfortunately, Dawson Mercer was actually tops uh, amongst rookies uh, in points. Unfortunately, you know, with with how the organization is, with how uh, our losing streak was going at one point in the past five games, Dawson Mercer put up nothing but zeros. His plus minus was like negative four at one point. So uh, I think since we're starting to get back into the swing of things, I really want Dawson Mercer to get his name back out there because I said, if he wants any chance of just making some noise in, in that race, he needs to, um, he needs to contribute. He needs to like, you know, play amazingly. Like there's no, there, there, there's no just like slacking off. Like Lucas Raymond can slack off and, and still win it by a landslide. Unfortunately, Dawson Mercer, if he slacks off, he's, he's only going to finish in the top 10. He's not going to finish in the top five. And with what Trevor Zegras is doing with the Anaheim Ducks right now, pretty amazing because the Detroit Red Wings, they're in a playoff position right now if the season were to end. The Anaheim Ducks, they're in a playoff position if the season were to end. The New Jersey Devils, we're nowhere close to that right now. We're, we're trying to make our way back, but we still have a lot of work to do. So um, it, so I would keep an eye out for Dawson Mercer. Also keep an eye out for Sharon Govich because I talked about it in one of my more recent episodes. I said that reuniting Sharon Govich and Hughes might do wonders for Sharon Govich yeah. because Hughes can obviously play out play without Sharon Govich, but Sharon Govich, it seems as though he can't play without Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes missed a good amount of time and Sharon Govich just kind of like fell off a little bit. At one point he was uh, a healthy scratch and it, it just seemed like he, he was a given to be our top six guy, six guy, a diamond in the rough drafted in the fifth round. As we both know, if you're drafted in the fifth round in the NHL draft, your chances of playing in the NHL are slim to none. And, and the fact that he had that, awesome come up story but the fact that he's you know taken a few steps back he's been a healthy scratch a few times but hopefully with what Jesper brought and what Jack Hughes did in the more recent game against the Buffalo Sabres that kind of lit a fire under Sharon Govich so my thing is I said Sharon Govich needs to shoot the puck a lot more and good things will happen because he's not in the top five for most shots on goal for the Devils and if he's not doing that you're not you're, you're either not going to score or you're not going to deflect the puck out front and someone's there on the rebound or the backhanded on in. So my thing is keep an eye out for Sharon Govich, keep an eye out for Mercer. And uh, defensively, Graves, I'm um, seeing on daily faceoff is paired with Dougie Hamilton. Is that the, the obvious choice to go up against Connor McDavid's line? 100% absolutely, barring anything catastrophic, because Dougie Hamilton can provide the offense. Ryan Graves can provide this silent but deadly impact on the defensive end. But that doesn't mean that Dougie Hamilton um, – isn't good defensively. I'm just saying like in today's NHL, it seems like you have to be a two-way defenseman to make some sort of noise. And um, you know, we're, we're kind of shying away from the stay at home defenseman a little bit. So my, my thing is Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves, they're sort of like Batman and Robin good duo, but um, you know, one is obviously going to be, is going to be praised more than the other. In fact, we talked about that with uh, dry sidle and, um, and McDavid. So um, yeah, that is the obvious choice. Um, and I, I would also keep an eye out for Ryan Graves because you're going to have to look at Ryan Graves' stats at the end of the game because you might not notice it from the naked eye while watching it in real time. Yeah. But towards the end of the game, if you look at the stat sheet, look what Ryan Graves is doing. Like, look at his hits, look at his blocks, look at his plus minus, look at his Corsi four percentage. So, like, you know, if you have a Corsi percentage, I believe over 55, that's elite. So, um, look, look at those stats at the end of the game for Ryan Graves. Yeah, I know. Uh, not the sexiest player, but like you said, once you look at the stat line, you kind of see how uh, how important he is uh, to the team here for the uh, New Jersey Devils. I guess, uh, I mean, 
What are you thinking for tomorrow? Devils are coming off a loss. I mean, a win. Sorry, Oilers are coming off a loss. Uh, Oilers, I'll throw this in another tidbit here. Oilers are not very good in afternoon games. They're terrible. Their record is absolutely terrible in afternoon games. This team's never ready to go off the hop. So I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm a little concerned about this game tomorrow. Uh, how are you seeing this game? Do you see this um, going um, Honestly, New Jersey's way? Or are you I'm kind of... I'm going to be honest with you, Hernan. I, I said it in a recent episode. I'm actually very concerned about the Devils going up against the Oilers because I just think I, I said like, yeah, the Oilers are not exactly the hottest team in the NHL right now. But at the same time, they're, they're a team that can still give us trouble because we just don't have we, we just don't have that good enough talent to like match up with McDavid or Dreisaitl. Yeah. And I'm just scared, like, you know, like we're going to let one of them go off for like a hat trick or something. And here we are in the dust. So I'm actually, I don't really worry about the afternoon game thing. I, I that's something maybe I'll look at for the devils, but uh, I've never really, excuse me, thought of it in that uh, perspective, but uh, I'll be honest with you. I think just based on how we're both feeling about this game, I think it's a coin flip. So hopefully this doesn't jinx anything. It seems like uh, the first person to score the goal will come out victorious because the devils, uh, we struggle when we uh, trail one nothing, and it seems like the Oilers also are in the same boat as us. So uh, that's actually very interesting uh, that we're both kind of in that uh, scenario. Well, and I, and I think you make a good point where I, I do think the Oilers can win this game, but I think the only way they win this game is Drysdale and McDavid going off. And and I'm being real, and people might say I'm too negative and all that, but it's just you don't get a lot from anyone else on this team when it comes to scoring. Uh, or the special teams. If, if the Devils take a ton of penalties, the Oilers will cash in on one of their power plays, uh, even though it's kind of tailed off as of late, but they're still pretty deadly on it. Um, so I think the Oilers can win this game, but it's going to have to be McDavid and Drysaddle. And, and I guess if you're a Devils fan, I guess the scary part is, is that Drysaddle and McDavid haven't had a, a, an explosive game since December 1st. Like they've had one point here and there. Uh, maybe two points in one game, but they haven't really like uh, gone ham on uh, like they were in, in early October and November. So, I mean, there's always a possibility they can go go off tomorrow, but we'll see. And and what I'm saying is that they just this team, they, they, they la- they're lacking something right now, Trey. And we're all trying to figure it out here in Edmonton, why they're never ready to start a game. They're not overly physical. They don't really... Uh, make the other team pay the price and the biggest issue with this team is they give rap goals to the opposition if you go back and watch the highlights from the st louis game the first three goals the orders absolutely gave it to them like it, they didn't even have to work hard for them it's like here go score a goal they gave up a 2-0 tray for a goal <laughs> a 2-0 like how does that happen so you are you are uh, i think we did the same thing to the vegas golden knights so uh hernan you are preaching to the freaking choir my man like <laughs> I, I i get your pain 100 percent. so it seems like this is going to be a battle of semi-decent teams but just like one is going to make the other look like their 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 tops in their respective division but um i'll be honest like i, I hear you but at the same time, our power play has been terrible this year. We, we did pretty well against the Sabres. But then again, you know, I, I just hope we're not playing on pure adrenaline. I hope this is actually momentum because as we both know, with adrenaline, it can like it, it's it's temporary. It's not like a long term kind of thing. So um, my thing is, is like um, hopefully we clean it up. But um, I, I consider you guys still a very, very tough opponent. And we're yeah. going to have to play our our best to beat you guys because you guys um, are on the inside looking out 
and we're on the outside looking in. So, you know, um, things of that nature, it's just like, I, I just really hope that we, we, we get our act together and we don't screw up because you talk about giving up easy goals. We let Tage Thompson go off in period number two to tie the game to a piece. And uh, towards the end of the game, when we were up four to three, the Sabres pulled their goalie, get an extra skater. And basically uh, we're letting them just pass the puck around. And I'm scared that they're going to tie the game and we go into OT or something like that. So it's just like, uh, and we couldn't get the empty netter goal. So it's just like, you talk about gift rafting uh, goals and, and I don't know what the number is, but we've given up a lot of shorthanded goals. I, I don't know if we're <laughs> tops in the NHL in, yeah. that, in, in that regards, but uh, you talk about poor special teams. Uh, we're, we're up there with you, bud. Yeah. And it's, well, Edmonton's still number one on the power play, but they're just not as hot as oh, they were great. early oh, on. Oh, great. Oh, great. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. screwed. We're screwed. And the, and the PK is still top 10, but uh, they've leaked a lot in December is all I'm saying. No, and, and, and this is no disrespect, but like when you're looking at the rosters, we're looking here in Edmonton, we're like, this is a game Edmonton should win. But there's a reason why you play the game, right, Trey? Because anything could happen. Edmonton this year has lost to Buffalo, has lost to Detroit, has lost to the Kraken. So this is the Edmonton Oilers are a team that cannot take an, op, uh, an opponent lightly. And and more often than, than not, they do. And they end up losing the games. Look at the three teams I just mentioned. They've lost those games and they weren't even close in those games. Like they, they didn't bother showing up. It was lackluster. So I think Edmonton owner fans are a little concerned. There's a lot of factors. They're not playing well in all aspects. Uh, December has been disastrous for them. The special teams is falling off. Their goaltending is not very good and they don't play well in afternoon games. There's a lot going against the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow, but they have two guys, McDavid and Dreisaitl, that can win you a game. So that's the hope here. Well, we have two guys that can potentially win us a game or a few of them. And that's Jack Hughes, Nico Heizer, yeah. if he's facilitating well, uh, Jesper Brat. And also, I want to talk to you uh, about like a potential trade. Uh, sure. So uh, if all goes wrong for the Devils, I did a silly season discussion and I was hearing rumors saying that it's possible that the Edmonton Oilers might try to target someone like Andreas Janssen. Just because, like, you know, you guys don't really have the cap space to go out and get anybody, and you kind of you kind of got to find diamonds in the rough. So it's like um, with Andreas Johnson, he's appeared in 31 games. He has nine goals, 10 assists for a grand total of 19 points, and he has a plus minus of plus five. So my thing is, is like, um, would you be willing? And this is the top offer. Would you be willing to give up a first round draft pick for the services of Andreas Johnson? Keep in mind, he signed for this season and next year as well. He could be that guy who can be like a be on your like uh, maybe sometimes he could be on your top six. Sometimes he could be in your bottom six. But overall, would you be willing to trade a first round pick for the services of Andreas Johnson? I like Andreas Johnson. I like that he's only 27 and you have control for him for one more year. But I wouldn't do a first first rounder. Um, I think the Oilers need an upgrade, not so much maybe up front, but the biggest upgrade is goaltending and defense. If this team wants to go to the playoffs, um, I think up front would help, but I think that's their third option right now because they do have some quality players. They're just not playing well at the moment. Um, like Taylor Yamamoto has to be better. Nuge has to be better. And so I think they're going to be patient up front. That's why I will say no. And I, I think if you're moving that first round pick, Kenny Holland's going to want to move it for a guy that has more term, maybe a little bit younger, and they have more control of him. And I think it's going to be more towards the back end and the goaltending if, if he 
is going to move because you got to keep in mind the Oilers don't have a lot of picks uh, this year. They kind of um, they got their second round pick tied up. Uh, it all depends on what the Oilers do in the playoffs. Part of that horrible Duncan Keith trade. And then they only have a first hey, round. You're not the then... only one who did a horrible trade over the offseason. I'm not saying the Devils <laughs> did, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, you, you know, Duncan Keith basically has one foot out the door. He just wanted to be closer to his family. Yeah. And, and well, that's he, the thing. Yeah. The Oilers had all the leverage and they got and that was to give them room. That was give the Blackhawks room to sign uh, Seth Jones. Yeah. yeah. So they pretty much did them a favor and the Oilers got screwed doing it. Um, now, Duncan Keith hasn't been awful. I'll say that he was awful last night. He was terrible. Um, but he hasn't like he's been better than I thought he would be, but he's still not the Duncan Keith from from 10 years ago. But the Oilers only have a first, a fifth, a sixth and a seventh this year. That second's tied up, depending on what the Oilers do in the playoffs. So I, I don't think the Oilers would would take uh, Andreas Johnson for a first. I think uh, the price would have to come down on that first, uh, not first overall, first round pick. Oof. Well, I I tried. I tried. I, it was just no worries. It was just putting that out there. I saw the article say that maybe hey, you could convince the Edmonton yeah. Oilers to give up a first round pick, but that's just what I was thinking. Like maybe a first round pick for Andreas Janssen because he's doing well right now. His trade value is somewhat decent. He can be a diamond in the rough for you guys signed for this year and also next year. So, you know, you got that option. Kenny, in Kenny Holland makes bad trades and overpays. So I wouldn't put it past him, my friend. <laughs> so I'm not the GM. So, <laughs> Kenny Holland is, and uh, yeah, he, he'd probably do that deal to be honest with you. I wouldn't if I was, yeah, yeah I, I don't think I would either. Just just putting that out there, just, just, just if I was the Edmonton Oilers GM, but if I was Tom Fitzgerald, I would definitely try to try to make that deal for you guys. Just say, hey, you know, would you consider taking maybe Andres Johnson? He could be a little bit of a wild card, but look what he did a few years ago for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and look what he's doing right now. He can improve a lot. So, yeah, just wanted to pick your brain. And uh, we'll see what happens in this game, man. But um, uh, to wrap up, what is your final score prediction? And I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what yeah, I no usually worries. do for my predictions. No, I'm going to ask you the same question. So, you know what? I just think uh, Oilers have too many things going up against them tomorrow. I'm going to take the uh, New Jersey Devils. Um, I do think the Oilers get a point, though. I'm going to go uh, New Jersey in overtime by a score of 3-2. to two. Three, And two. I'm going to ask you... Trey Matthews uh, from Locked On uh, Devils, uh, what do you? Uh, what is your prediction for the score tomorrow afternoon between your so, Devils and the Edmonton Oilers? So I'm kind of on the fence right now, just because like um, uh, we're taking everything into consideration and taking everything I saw in the Buffalo Sabers game, especially with the fact that we could have just blown the Buffalo Sabers right out the water, but unfortunately we let them stay competitive. Um, I'm going to actually. I, I'm actually going to be the opposite. I think the Devils are going to lose this game and mm-hmm. we're going to let uh, McDavid get two goals. And I think it's going to be three to one in regulation, uh, obviously, obviously. But um, I say the only person to score the goal, I'm going to go out on the fence and, and say Sharon Govich. I think Sharon Govich is on a little bit of a hot streak. And I think if he's still paired alongside with um, Jack Hughes, then I think he can get something. But I'm going to say three to one. And we're going to let McDavid get two goals. I like it. I like it. I like your prediction more than mine, but and I, mean, I like I've your watched... prediction more than mine. We'll see what, <laughs> we'll see which one of us came. We're, we're just not, well, we're just down on our teams right now. Hopefully both teams can turn it around. Trey, it's been great chatting with you, man. Uh, good Thank stuff. You. So, so yeah, l- l- I'm not trying to be a downer or anything, but I got to be honest and take everything into consideration. So Hernan, uh, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, and we'll see what happens.
Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow and Happy New Year. Oh, boy. We'll see how this afternoon's matchup between the Oilers and Devils pans out. But once again, thank you to Hernan Sauls for taking the time to do this crossover. You heard his prediction. You heard my prediction. Personally, I'm not really the most confident in the Devils going against the Oilers, but it doesn't seem like uh, Hernan is that confident in the Oilers going against the Devils. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll cancel each other out. Maybe we'll end it a tie. We'll see what happens. But all jokes aside, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. That's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Once again, thanks for listening.